your favourite albums. Disgust. Track by track. On today's podcast... Now, here are your hosts, Campbell and Jack. Alrighty, and we are back once again with Track by Track with Campbell and Jack, and today we do our second ever Track by Track raffle. We've got an album picked out that we'll discuss once again, and looking forward to just getting into it. So, my name's Jack Walker, and joining me again as always, the man who's uh, pulled up a little bit sore today, it's yeah. Campbell Morath. G'day, Jack. Here you are, mate. Yeah, I'm well. So, yeah. w- w- what's with you? You, s- it's you over said your arm, arm's a little bit swollen. Yeah, arm's a bit swollen. I, I went, out to, went out on the town last night and you know, was a bit of a silly boy, and I've just discovered I've got quite the swelling in my left arm. Bit of a late night? I th- yeah, it was a late night, but... Uh, Fun was had by all. I uh, just showed you some footage of me uh, singing for a uh, rock cover band. Yes. Uh, they came in to the pub I was at and we... And I, and I jumped, the, the inevitable happened. Jumped on the, on the vocals with a bit of uh, on a rock and roll all night and party every day. <laughs> Which ironically is the kind of my, my motto. I see. As, long, as, as well as have a good time all the time. Which I think is another good line. But anyway, how are you, Jay? Yeah, look, I'm well. It's uh, been a good week. So we did the stream earlier today we did now first off apologies we ran into some technical difficulties some huge which, huge faults which uh mainly consisted of me accidentally pushing the home button on my ipad which cancelled the stream yeah so we ended up just pushing through that as you have to do that's it and we have an album picked out ready to go but first campbell i think it's important that we plug a bit of the itunes uh, yes. First and foremost. So obviously we're on iTunes. You're listening to us on iTunes right now or a download from iTunes. If you have a spare couple of minutes, please make sure you give us a rating and review on iTunes. It'll just take a couple of minutes. It's easy done. Uh, I think you need an account for it, but I think most people, most people have an iTunes account. If, if you don't, again, it probably only takes a couple of minutes to get that sorted. So give us a rating and review. And uh, as we said last week, I think if you put in the word track into itunes we come up as the 16th or 17th suggestion which is massive yeah which is massive so i was reading um about fraser gehrig today former saint killer former saint player yeah he's the 14th highest goal kicker ever and i'd take that if you're 14 that's true that's that's pretty good good. and that's how i kind of think about us on the on the podcast spectrum Mm. if we're 16 17 at the moment that's really good a couple more color medals and we'll be right there. Well, that's very true. Uh, speaking of footy, Campbell, uh, we're in the unique position today of uh, what, uh, keeping track of a football match while we do the podcast. Yes, we got so it up there. My very own Melbourne Demons are up against GWS at the moment. We've mm. had a bit of a rough first half. We're about six goals down. Yeah. But I reckon we can push through. It's interesting because when this gets released, the game will be over. And everyone will know and, what will happen. And exactly. everyone will know. But I've just got the feeling, Campbell. We're going to come back in this second half, yeah, and it's going to make some excellent uh, podcasting. I, I think right, some great listening. We'll, we'll uh, keep keep you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll keep track of that as we go through the podcast. But moving on next, a bit of news, Campbell. Well, I said just before we move on, I said that it's it's a shame that we aren't a football podcast because we'd have lots of news this week. So we really had to look 
to try and find some stuff to talk about this week as far as news goes. Yeah, there's always something. Now, there's the film Baby Driver, which is out in cinemas at the moment. I've heard a very good film. It's not bad. Yeah, I went to see it the other week. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, good. good. Uh, one of the big features of the film is its massive soundtrack, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Definitely one of the best things about the film. Mm. Uh, alongside Kevin Spacey, of course. Kevin Spacey. Love a bit of Kevin Spacey. Huge fan of the podcast, uh, Kevin but Spacey. He loves it. <laughs> he, he, he loves a bit of track-by-track, track, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. A lot of people like a bit of track-by-track. Track. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fans out there. Yeah, exactly. So during the film, the T-Rex song Debra was played, uh, which is a reference to the uh, romance in the film between the main character and the uh, the female lead, who I think the name of her name is Debra, now that I think of it. Oh, there you go. But uh, we, we were just going through some stories before the podcast trying to find something and we found that Mark Boland's son has actually filed a lawsuit for the unfair use of the the track Deborah. Yeah, what's, um, what's, what's his name? Yeah, well, this is probably the only reason why we decided to feature this little bit of news. So his name is Roland Feld. Yeah, right. But when he was born, it was, and his his dad's name is Mark Boland. So are you telling me his name was Roland Boland? Roland Boland. <laughs> Goodness me, it sounds more like a bowling team yeah. than anything. You know? you do, yeah, no, you do hear a lot of uh, those kind of celebrities, or especially musicians that you know. It was Michael Hutchins had um, Tiger Lily? Oh yeah. Um, Frank Zappa had some Dweezil. And he had some, yeah, that's right. He had some weird ones. We should actually do a do a little a special on yeah weird musician names. Yeah, or just like quirky things that musicians do, you know. Yep. So I was thinking, actually, I had an idea earlier this week. We could do a, a podcast, not going track by track, but talking about plagiarism throughout music. That'd be interesting. Because I think it'd be really interesting and quite educational for us and for the viewers. So if you think that's a good idea, write it on our page. Write it on the page. Tell us to do it, and we will. But apparently. Uh, good old Roland Boland, because we're not going to call him anything else. We're not going to call him by Roland Feld. Because no. Or Roland. Or His or name Roland now Boland. forever is Roland Boland. Roland Boland. So he's uh, filed a lawsuit to Sony Pictures because they apparently didn't get a license to actually use the track. That's pretty stupid on Sony's part. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I'm, I'm not saying I'm on Roland Boland's side. No, but they're, but they're, but a big, they're such a big organization. They've got to be more careful with that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, they must have sourced permission for every other song that we hear in the film, yeah. which, which is a lot. There's so many songs. Mm. I actually heard a, one of the Beach Boy Pet Sounds songs. Oh, there you go. Know, Maybe so, a yeah. couple I, of... I don't remember which one it was, but I remember hearing it in the cinema. I'm like, I remember that song. A couple of big wigs from Hollywood must have heard our podcast and, and did that, took that from there. Exactly. So this story is ongoing, so we might, you know, keep track of it, see if there's any further developments as we go. But the other big piece of news this week was that Muse. Yes. They've announced a... A tour. I'm not even sure if I'd call it a tour. It's just two dates. Is it really? Yeah, it's only two dates. Where are they? A Melbourne date and a Sydney date. That's all you need. That's Australia, isn't it? That's Australia, mate, isn't it? Melbourne and Sydney. That's close enough. And, ooh, Giants just kicked a goal. We're back in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. That's not a very good start at all. But we'll push on. Yeah, just just the two dates, I believe. Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne and Arena in Sydney somewhere. But saying that, Muse, from what I've heard, are a fantastic live band. I've heard the same reports, Mm. yeah. um, 
as far as you know lights and the real kind of show stuff goes yes i've heard they're fantastic yep. and their music is great i well. wouldn't call myself a big enough fan of muse to justify going though i wouldn't call myself a fan of muse and i think that probably yeah t- tells me i shouldn't go as either i mean if someone gave me a ticket i'd go for sure yeah definitely um, but i wouldn't i don't think i'd invest in one yeah because as you said they probably put on a real good spectacle yeah they're, apparently they're known for a lot of like visual stuff like backdrops and just having like a general set yeah you know a real like props and on the stage and whatnot so if you're interested in that do check it out i suppose i'm not sure when tickets go on sale but i assume it's quite soon i think they were december shows yeah so and if, and if, if someone's going write us a little report and send it in it'd be a little yeah i, lo- I would like the idea of us having correspondence for like different shows that yeah. happen in melbourne go and check it out and we'll talk about it yep, we'll, have, we'll have you on even if you go and you've yeah, we'll prepare bring, some material. We'll bring, bring you in the into the studio, and we'll get you to give us your review of the show. But Campbell, the big thing about today is that we did our second ever track by track raffle. That's the biggest news in music right now. Definitely bigger mm. than Roland Boland or Muse or yeah. anything that's happening in the music world right now. So we had a lot of great suggestions, and you can uh, check out our uh, drawing of the raffle on our Facebook page. I think that's saved onto the track by track page. And we drew a winner eventually after yes. a couple of false yes. starts. Yep. And the winner uh, went under the title of Anonymous. Yeah, didn't want to be named. Sent, Fair sent, enough. sent in an email, I believe, to the TBT. Uh, WCJ. At, at TBT WCG CJ. I always say G. Gick. 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 Uh, at gmail.com email address. So that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And anonymous, isn't that that? online hacker terrorist gang or something yeah they're the yeah they're the, they yeah the hackers that's where that's uh that bloke from you know that well, snowden guy yeah gotcha and that was him well i feel incredibly privileged to that they, <laughs> that they had the spare time to send us a request yeah they're not stopping global terrorism and, no, ge- they're, and they're, geo attacks they're, they're gathering they're... around the computer listening to the podcast that's it exactly so we've happened to picked out their album i suppose mm. which is wings band on the run have no idea how to do this new thing yeah. after the Beatles. I kind of knew how to be in the Beatles. I didn't know how to be in a band after the Beatles. Linda certainly had no experience whatsoever. The other guys in the band had experience, but this was to be a new band. So I was never really like the fan of the Beatles, but I loved what they were doing, don't get me wrong. So there was a there's kind of between me and Paul, there was always that competition, a friendly competition still, you know. Can you come up with with something, or can I come up with something? Yeah, try and beat, you know. I think when we got back to England, the fact that we'd made it abroad in Lagos, now you, you play the tapes in England, and they sound different. Yeah. Because they are, they've been made in a, a different environment, and they've been soaking up influences of a different place, so they sounded different. Okie dokie, so Band on the Run, this is, the first Beatles-related album that we've done on the podcast. Which Ni- is... 19 episodes in. Yeah, which is very surprising. Yeah. I would love to do a Beatles album, and I think we spoke about this in the past mm. during a uh, track-by-track mailbag segment. Yeah. And we'd like to do it, but it would seem maybe a little bit obvious. Yeah. And I'd like to look at some of their solo stuff. Yeah. And this certainly fits into that, uh, that category because... 
the thing with Band on the Run and Wings, for that matter, it, it was essentially Paul McCartney's band. It was insane. It, 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 was, it was sort of like a solo project. Yeah. And if you look at the personnel on this album, it's Paul McCartney playing just about everything under the sun. Yeah. You've got his wife, Linda McCartney, who plays some keyboards and backing vocals. And then you've got Denny Lane, who's an uh, accomplished guitarist, bassist, and just all-round musician filling in the loose ends here and there. Yeah. So it's just a, it's really just a three-piece, but at the center of it is Paul McCartney. Hmm. I reckon it's certainly a high point in regards to the whole Beatles solo discography. Yeah. You look through George Harrison's solo stuff, John's solo stuff, even Ringo's solo stuff, hmm. as good as that is. Hmm. And this is probably the real landmark album. Yeah, of, certainly. Out of everyone, along with maybe like... All Things Must Pass, George Harrison, yeah. um, Ringo's upcoming album, of course. Has he not, has he not coming? Yeah, he's got, he's got a new album coming out, Ringo. So keep a close eye on that, I think. I heard a couple of songs from it. So interesting. Interesting. Interesting okay. is what I'll say. I'll play you a song later. Good. But in regards to my personal experience with Band on the Run, I remember hearing the album quite some time ago. And songs like Band on the Run, obviously, Jets, Let Me Roll It, were certainly songs that really I became really attached to mm. back in the day. And there's certainly a lot of other songs on that album that I didn't quite remember. So I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting those again as we go through it. Mm. Yeah. So you said you had listened to it a couple of years ago? Yeah, I listened to it. Probably not in its entirety, um, but... Little bits and pieces, or not, probably every song on the album at different yeah you've different heard it stages. It is one of those albums. Yeah, and so when it, when it came up, I was like, oh yeah, this could be pretty exciting because you know it's not something I'm familiar with really. I wouldn't say I'm familiar with it, but um, certainly I know you know I'm going to go see Paul McCartney, so I'm, yeah, we are. I am a fan. So yeah, that's uh, looking forward to getting into it. Mate. All right, well we'll go through some trivia first and foremost. So. It was released first in the UK on the 5th of December, 1971. Mm -hmm. The poor Americans had to wait a couple of extra days for it. Yeah, 71 would be close to the earliest we've done, like oldest album. We did probably Pet Sounds. Actually, 71. Did I get that right? Sorry. I think that was 70. It was 73, sorry. 73, right. Made a little mistake there. Uh, Well, we did the Zombies album, Mm, which was very early. Uh, late set 60s, I should say, mm. and the Beach Boys, of course. Yeah. So it would certainly be up there. Yeah. Uh, it was produced by Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. which is, we've talked about this before, having the musician self-produce. Yeah. And it can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Because it's easy to fall into that trap of self-indulgence, I suppose you could say. Yeah. And I think there actually are a couple of examples in this album where... Album. Album. Where a producer would say, mate, that's a bit long. You don't need that repetition. Cut it back a little bit here. Yep. You know, put a rise in, put a fall in here. Um, the problem would have just made it a little bit more polished. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a shame that it doesn't have that because it really could be something truly remarkable. Um, mm. A lot of people treat it as something quite remarkable, but I remember just when we were listening to it in preparation for the podcast, I felt that... It could have been better. Absolutely, yeah. But, it could know, have been better. A lot of albums could be better, but this is this has quite quite obvious flaws mm. um, that could have been cleaned up a little bit with a with a producer. So perhaps that's just us saying that, or 
maybe it's just the music or who knows, but I certainly would think that if they had a producer, someone with a bit of experience in that particular field would be good. I, I know that Paul McCartney got George Martin back into the swing of things later on in his solo career in the 80s, I think. Yeah. He's exactly that sort of guy who mm. I think could have uh, cleaned up a lot of the extra mm. fat, I suppose, yeah. off this album. I would have um, I would have even steered clear from that. So I would have gone someone, someone completely different. You know? yeah, uh, Glenn I guess... Johns could be kind of cool. Who, sorry? Glenn Johns. He did a lot of those late 60s stuff. He did a lot of stuff with Cream. Yep. Um, he's done Eric Clapton, Everyone Under the Sun. And he's, a, he's quite poppy. Um, so he will end it as well. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit late now. That's the only, Yeah, I guess that's the thing. If you're not going to go George Martin, actually, that, that's probably a good choice because you don't want it to sound too much like the Beatles. Yeah. And although this does sound like the Beatles, it's a completely different... I mean, it sounds like the Beatles, but it just sounds different. Yeah. It sounds like the 70s. Yeah. So, moving on, it wouldn't be uh, a bit of trivia without... Oh, hang on. Mighty so, sorry, a bit of breaking news here. Mighty Demons have just kicked a couple of goals in the in a row, back to 37 points. Looking okay at the moment. This, this, this is how the whole podcast... Blind, op- blind optimism. This is interesting. This is a new kind of dimension because it's going to throw us off. Yeah. You know, but we're going to try and do both. Exactly. Because it's very... Yeah, this is, this is going to be the whole podcast. Yeah. So... Wouldn't be a bit of trivia without a Rolling Stone reference, of course. Of course. Ranked 418 on the 500 greatest albums snuck list. Snuck in there. Yep, snuck in there. That's handy. The next thing I want to talk about is the album cover. Yeah. Now, you've seen the album cover. It's sort of like yeah. the all the all you've got the members of the band and a lot of other people under a, a spotlight. Yeah. And there's a bit of a concept to this album or a theme that uh, of escape. Right. So well, the, yeah, on the run, jet, yeah, band yeah. on the run, and there's certainly a few uh, mentions later on to that theme of escape. And I think Paul McCartney said that you know it's like a collection of songs, and the basic idea is that it's a band on the run uh, from a prison escape. Right. He, I think he actually said that it's not so much a concept, but there are certainly you know threads throughout the album that connects, and we hear this later on the album because there's a couple of reprises in one of the songs. Yeah. So we'll get to that a little later. But going back to the cover photograph, so there's a few famous faces in there. It reminds me a little bit of Sergeant Pepper in some way. Yes. So some of the uh, other folks in the photo include Michael Parkinson. Yep. Who was a TV show presenter. Legend. Uh, yeah. Parker. Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee. Uh, Sauron. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, Count Dooku if you like Star Wars or. Dracula. Dracula. If you're very, a bit, very true. If you're a bit old school. Yep, <laughs> a bit old school. Exactly right. A few other names. Kenny Lynch, uh, who's, a, uh, I think, a comedian or something. James Coburn, who was an actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, so you've got a quite a collection of people. I'm not sure if they were deliberately trying to recreate a bit of a Sergeant Pepper feel, but it certainly comes across that way. Yeah, it's always it's got a bit of the uh, Alice Cooper about it. As well, you know, with the hat and the... Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Here's the show. Um, so, I think that's kind of interesting. It's always interesting to look at those at those covers um, mm. and kind of look to see if they're important. That's right. So. Well, do you have anything else to mention? If- no, I'd just love to get into it, mate. Let's get into it. So, here is the first song, the title track from the album, Band on the Run. Searching everywhere 
So there we go, song number one. Then on the run, it's um well, it's almost I a bit of a three in one deal. Well, I was just going to say this is probably one of the more complex songs we've ever done on the podcast. Yeah, there's a bit going on. There is a lot going on, yeah. so I think the best way to talk about this is to actually split this section into three parts. Yeah. So first off, first section of the song, it's that very relaxed sort of ballad. Yeah. Which sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a great. I mean the the. Those harmonies you hear in are, are really, really nice. Yep. There's a really full sound, although it is... Um, I'm getting distracted by a bird again. Although it is quite... Oh, this happened last week. Yeah, I know. It's quite nice there as well. Um, yeah, although it, uh, it's kind of... There's not much there, like, instrument, like instrumentally. Mm. It's still quite... Um, it's, it's still quite it's soft ple- and... It's pleasant it's to listen pleasant, to, isn't it? Pleasant. Yep. Yeah. I'll actually play a section from that section. Yeah. So the section I just played was that intro, and you've got that lovely guitar intro, and it's an interesting way to start an album, because I think there's this sort of relaxed, very laid-back vibe in this album that carries on from the intro to the end. Absolutely. Which uh, sort of contrasts to that theme of escape, which we heard, um, which we spoke about earlier, but certainly is prevalent in this album. Hmm. There's a real, when it gets into that, you know, that kind of transitional period between um, you know that intro as you spoke about and that main riff. There's a real, there's a real groove there. You know, you can you, yeah. It establishes it quite early, and it carries on throughout the whole album. Yep. I like to think alongside the three, the three different sections, they're all sort of different genres. So the yes. first one is your typical seventies ballad. Yep. The second section, which we'll move on to now, is more of a funk rock yes. sort of inspired section, and to start off, as you mentioned, there's this riff which we hear throughout uh, this part, which I'll play now. It, it just pops up out of nowhere, mm. really, especially when you hear that transition from the previous section. Absolutely. So I really do like that. And it doesn't really, these first two sections don't really last for too long, but then you've got the final section, which is a bit more of a anthemic sort of genre. I think there's a bit of a country influence in there too. Certainly. Yeah, I can hear that. Yep. And we obviously heard that a chorus we just played in the intro. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting song to talk about. Yeah. There's only really one more part of this one to go. Um as you say, is that kind of anthemic part. It lets itself down a little bit with the length of it. I think the listeners have already had this big kind of roller coaster mm. uh, of of sounds. Um, and maybe it's just keep it... Yeah, well, yeah, this song's about five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you'll hear us talk about this a lot during the 
this album that a few songs could just be cut down a little bit. Yeah, and I think as you you mean you touched on it before quite rightly talking about um, a bit like you know, the ego kind of setting in, mm. and especially when Paul McCartney's playing all the instruments. Yeah, and I'm go. sure there's a part of him that wants to be better than John Lennon oh, of and course. what he was doing. Yeah, stage. and it was so com- it's so competitive, which I thought was kind of silly. If they want to compete, why don't they get together and make another Beatles record? Yeah, imagine how good it'd be. Everyone's trying to outdo each other. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that this whole kind of self production thing works, or it's the right thing to do. We touched on it last week with Continuum. It's I, I think it's yeah, you're not holding yourself to account. I think so. Okay, I, I'm seeing it already. All right. Well, I've got a couple. Uh, bits of trivia for this song. So, uh, Rolling Stone readers, mm-hmm. always a good start to a sentence. Fantastic. Rank the song uh, the fifth best solo song by an ex-member of the Beatles. That's a really strange, eclectic list. Yeah, uh, it'd be a lot of different stuff in there. It's it's a good list to have, though, yeah. I reckon. Uh, and it also won best pop vocal performance by duo, group, or chorus at the 1974 Grammys. Cool. Very cool. Won a Grammy. Good on him. Yep. And the final thing I'll mention is there's some fantastic slide parts in this song, particularly in that chorus, which we played the in the uh, section beforehand. But I'm not sure if that's I th- Denny or Paul, but whoever's doing that, some fantastic slide mm. playing. Mm. Mm. So we'll... Mm. 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 Indeed. Indeed it is. Yeah. Well, it is. You know, it's as simple as that. It's really... And it's... it's it's kind of clean as well. It's a real clean, like almost a real thought about calculated. Yeah. And it, it fits into that country field that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So, next song, this is Jet. Yes. Fairly famous Australian band. I wonder if there's any influence there. Yes, there is. Yeah, there is. I think there was an interview with the guys from Jet and they said, oh, we just got our name from the Wing Song, yeah. Paul McCartney Wing Song. Fair enough. Easy as that. So, Jet, this is the probably the real big song from this album. Yes. Uh, and straight away, as soon as I think of Jet, I think of that intro and that main sort of riff yes. or motif that's repeated throughout the song. So, I'll play that now. I love the muted strum of the guitar during that part. That sounds great. And the brass. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think it's it's really kind of solidifies what they're trying to kind of do with this song. Yeah. It's supposed to make you like, whoa. Yeah. And this would be a great live song, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we'll see him do it yeah. later, huh. later this year. Absolutely. Uh, so this was the first single off the album. I think Band of the Run was a single. 
and the other one will I think comes up a little bit later. Mm. So, so I'm just oh, I'm about every ten seconds I'm just looking at the uh, GWS versus Melbourne game. See if, uh, I can't can't help it. See if the uh, uh, forty one points to the Giants three quarter time. It yeah, doesn't look too good. Yeah, probably probably. I don't don't think the dream's gonna come alive. No, I don't think so. No, so. Another thing, you're speaking about the big sound. Yeah. You really hear that in the chorus. Yeah, it's absolutely. this real driving beat and yeah. uh, there's some keyboard in there, like some distorted keyboard, the guitar, the bass. Yeah. It all comes together. It's just this, it's almost like a Phil Spector wall of sound sort mm. of thing. It's just bang. Yeah. Totally bang. How bang is it? It's banged. That's pretty bang, it's yeah. It's totally banged. Yeah, right. So apparently Paul McCartney wrote the song about his uh, Black Labrador. Really? Yep. But it was, wait for it, Jet Black. Oh, really? Yeah. I see. Yep. So apparently Paul McCartney has confirmed that in interviews, but yeah, yeah. Jet Black. The other thing I'll mention in this is there's this great riff later in the song. And yeah, I could see your eyes darting to the screen again. Giants kicked to go, oh, well done, well done, GWS. Uh, there's a great riff section, which I'll play now. There's not many riffs on this album, but that's certainly one that really stands out. And also, there's some real good synth leads. Yeah, aren't there? In this song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving that. Yeah. And, you know, that really is something you wouldn't hear in the Beatles. Yeah. Because uh, maybe not necessarily because it hadn't really been experimented with at that point, but it just wouldn't really fit with their sound. But it it certainly fits here in this song. Yeah, it kind of, sonically, it kind of breaks up the. The, that kind of all the sound thing as you were saying mm. it's the you know, it kind of yeah it takes you out of your kind of your comfort zone as far as what you're being, expecting yeah what yeah. you're expecting certainly and this is certainly the sort of thing that paul mccartney is allowed to experiment with now that he's in his solo career so yeah. those little uh, inclusions into the album are really good i agree yep all right so we'll move on to the next song now this is bluebird Yeah, I don't like that one, though. Not a fan? No, it's... I think, I don't know, it's a bit too much of a jump. I mean, the instrumentation is kind of interesting, and there's a little part where you kind of hear, it's almost like he's playing on pots and pans. So I think that that's kind of cool, and those... It's a nice groove, but it's not, not really groundbreaking kind of stuff. No. It's... it's. I, I see mm, what you mean, yeah. It, um, bland, I said, it's just kind of a bit meh. Um, I said, and there's a, a sax solo. It's sounding beautiful. It's a real warm yes. sax solo. But I would have liked to see that a little bit more um, utilized. Um, maybe with no backing vocals under it, and just let it kind of do its thing. Yep. Kind of Michael Brecker kind of style. Yeah, I thought it ended too early. Yeah. yeah. I think that could have been a really good section. And it's probably because Paul McCartney wasn't playing the instrument. Ooh. I can see that. And he goes, no, oh, no, it's not me. So we'll, yeah. We'll, um, well, just to bring up your saxophone player so that's howie casey howie casey so wonder if there's a bit of unfinished business yeah maybe he feels between the two it feels, feels a bit jibbed no that certainly could have been an extended instrumentation yeah i, so. I agree yeah. Uh, another you spoke about percussion earlier another famous face that appears on this album ginger baker i've got a little joke about ginger baker do you want to hear it i would love to 
What are scones and ginger baker both have in common? Cream. No, they both suck with that cream. Uh, yeah, I no, was half there. You're half there. No, it's yeah. They both suck with that crap. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, because he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of known to be almost a bit of like a Lars Ulrich, you know, like he's just he's a bit, you know. But he's on this. He's playing a um, he's playing uh, a a tin can filled with gravel. I read. Oh yeah, that's his. That's, that's his, his contribution. Uh, well, it's it's not like anyone could have come off the street and played that. No, I think he was just around. Yeah, because um, he actually had a studio. Um, yeah, I think did, Paul McCartney did some stuff there. They did the uh, song Picasso's Last Words was at his studio. Okay. Somewhere. Yep. It's off, off the coast of Africa. Yeah. Uh, of course, this album was recorded in Nigeria. Was it? It was. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, so we hear some, some African vibes come yes, up. Yes, I, I, I do know what you mean there. Uh, just going back to other people who worked on this album, I just noticed uh, Tony Visconti. Very well known for his work with David Bowie. Cool. From the start of his career all the way to the uh, end of his career. No, I'm not, I'm not familiar. He was very big with um, just orchestrations and oh, com- okay. composition. Right. Uh, and uh, worked with him as a producer quite a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, but look, uh, back to Bluebird. First time I saw it, I saw the title. I couldn't help but think if it's a sequel to Blackbird. Yeah, I, I think that there must be. You can't just go, oh, this song called Bluebird. It's like Blackbird. Like, there must be some kind of connection connection or relation between the two. Yeah, I mean, Paul McCartney wouldn't write a song called Bluebird without maybe even thinking for a second it wouldn't somehow relate to one of his best songs, in my opinion. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, very interesting. It's... Hmm. um. But also, just to go back to the sort of relaxed feel I was talking about at the start of the album, this song certainly reinforces that. It's almost a little bit jazzy at times. Yeah, it's... Uh, use of chords and instrumentation. Atmospheric, almost. Yeah, atmospheric, yeah, I think is a good word for it. It's, yeah. Well, it's good for a little bit, but I think it kind of lingers on. It gets a bit, a bit meh. All right, well, this next song might change it up quite a, quite a fair bit. Exactly. Do you want to intro this one? After you finish yawning? I'm back. You're back. Um, yeah, Mrs. Vanderbilt. Let's go. Um, it's super interesting. Let's get it Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's got a real um, kind of Slavic thing going on, which is... Yeah, that... Oh. Yeah. Hey, ho. Actually, I'll just play that yeah. now. It's just a brilliant, yeah. brilliant part of the song. There's right? got to be some, some weed in that to make up with that. There's got to be some kind of drug. That's just really weird. It's really interesting, though. Yeah, it's um, fascinating. And it's just it's, it's a cool hook, um, a vocal hook that you don't hear all that much. No. Uh, great bass playing, and this is probably oh, the best brilliant. bass. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, my God. It takes me, yeah. it takes me back down to a bit of a, um, I want you money. She's, she's so heavy. She's so heavy. Mm. That kind of bass playing is just yeah. kind of thunderous. 
I read an interview with interview with Ringo Starr recently, and he said that Paul McCartney is the best melodic bass player in the world. Yeah, because uh, he plays on one of Ringo Starr's new songs. Yeah, right. In this song, it's just brilliant. In those verses, mm. it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Really nice. Um, so I think a bit long as well. Yeah, towards the yeah, end. There. I, I'll I'll cop one here. It is way too long. This song, certainly. Uh, oh, hang on. Sorry, late breaking news. These are on the board again, last quarter, but uh, we've got a, got a bit of work to do. 47 points to the margin, so... Got to keep, keep kicking them, mate. Keep yeah, kicking keep, them. Keep kicking them. That's the way you got to do it. So, but as you said, just said, yeah, it's a bit too long. Yeah. Definitely a bit too long. And it's just a, it's a bit of a fun song. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not heaps to talk about, really. Um, it's the, not... the solo. Yes. The, the guitar solo. Yeah, the guitar solo is it, fantastic it's, as it's, well. It's very short, but it just has this great impact, so I'll play that now. Again, I'm not sure if that's Paul or uh, Denny Lane, but either way, brilliant. Because the thing is, is that both Paul and Denny, it's listed that they played the exact same instruments. Mm. So they're both listed as playing acoustic guitar, electric guitar, yeah. bass, keyboards, and vocals. So it's, oh no, another, another one to the Ds. Just, uh, just hang on here, everyone. <laughs> you go in the candy shop. He's just got it. Yeah, Jake Melksham's on fire. Milkshake. He's kicked two in a row. So we'll, uh, we'll cut back to that a little bit later, but... I think this is a very good song. Yeah. Yep, really good song, but agreed could be shortened a little bit. All right. Uh, move on to the next song. Now, this is one of my personal favourites from the album, Let Me Roll It. So that's one of my personal favourites yeah. from this album, and it just stems from that absolute corker of a chorus. Corker, corker. yeah, real um, it, free flowing. Almost gives me a um, like a the band vibe. The band, you know, the band, yeah, the band, the band, the band, yeah. Those real like huge harmonies. That's right. That, that's I want to think about. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, riding on the Route ninety nine. You know. Mm listen to this in your, yeah. your Cadillac. It's the kind of the vibe I get from it. Yep. Now, there's a bit of a variation in how uh, the vocals are mixed and all yeah. that. And there's a use of a bit of reverb and echo. A tape echo. Tape echo. To be, to be precise. Um, which is really used, was kind of made famous on vocals by the use of John Lennon. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was kind of the first guy to do it with things like um, Woman and and those kind of tunes. Um and he sounds a little bit like John Lennon on this record. Well, I, I was saying that some critics actually saw this song as a bit of a pastiche or a copy of some of John Lennon's solo sound. Yeah. Particularly, yeah, use of the vocals in the chorus. And yeah, so a lot of people thought that it was a bit of a, a knockoff, but Paul pretty much just said, look, I wasn't intending to sound like yeah. John Lennon, but that's just the way it ended up. Yeah, for sure. I think this riff, kind of that stagnant guitar riff, which we should just play now before yep, which I Yeah, I will.
I think that's just a bit. Like it's. I feel that's kind of what they're relying on as their main motif. Yeah, well, I would love something a little bit more um, legato for the Utah yeah. music gyms. Yes. It's very stagnant and kind of. It's, it seems cramped. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I personally, personally, more than anything, I'm not a fan of the sound of the guitar. Yeah, I right. Think, I think that's a bit too uh, almost grating, uh, yep. especially when you've got this real great backdrop of you know the bass with the bass and drums. Mm. Sure. So when that guitar comes in, it just sounds a bit, you know, it's a bit overpowering, and you know, especially when it's repeated, as you said, a lot during this song. Mm. Uh, there's a section I think it's after the second chorus where there's eight bars and it's just that riff when it could have been a perfect opportunity for a a solo or a, yeah a, a keyboard thing or even a saxophone yeah um thing but it's just repeated there and again I just to repeat what we've said through this album so far I think this goes for a bit too long yeah I would agree definitely too. some moments that could be could be shortened but it's got that kind of groove to it so i think he feels like he can get away with it yeah so. but but saying that i i still love this song that that chorus is fantastic yeah i don't love it but I, I, well there you go chorus it's all chorus really that's really where it, don't bore us get to the chorus yeah, but it's really that's its savior if like, it didn't have that yeah. it wouldn't be too flash i don't think yeah it's i do like fun. the melodies in the verse yeah right uh, and the pre-chorus but yeah just picks up the tone of the that guitar riff a, a little bit, add some variation into some of the longer sections. Yeah, we and say cut that. off maybe a verse or two. But I think he wanted that sound, and I think he wanted that kind of that stagnant element to it, which is just the stuff that you and I personally don't like. Mm. So you know. Well, there you go. That's fine. Uh, we'll move on to side two of the album now. We're halfway through, so this song's called Mamunia. I would say Mamunia. Ma- I would say Mamunia. Okay. Yes, I would. All right, we'll get to that now. So this is the song I would have had in place of Bluebird. Yep. I would have reckoned that would have been a real nice change. Um, so we can hear, as I said, it was recorded in Lagos in Nigeria, the capital of Nigeria. And Paul McCartney was staying at a hotel um, called Mamunia, but with an O in it. Yep. Um, which means safe haven. Safe haven, that's right. In the natural, the native language. So I thought that was a pretty cool fact. And you kind of get that. You kind of get this real warm, yeah, almost yeah. motherly feeling with this song. Yeah. Um, it's all melody. Oh, this whole song so, is just, so much melody in yeah, this song. Yeah. So melody, like times a million, so much melody. Like this is this is crazy. I've never heard, I think I've ever heard a song that has so many different melodies going on at the same time. Yeah. It's just got the stuff at the back. Even the percussion is tuned and it's... It's sounding lovely. I love this song. We've we've spoken about the percussion quite a bit, but it's really a melodic instrument to some degree on this album. It is, certainly. The way that Paul implements it in the songs, uh, as we heard in a song like uh, Bluebird, even, which I know you weren't a big fan of, but in the chorus, just the way the rhythmic instruments were, you know, phrased and all that. You know, just made it sound a bit more like a melodic instrument. As you said, yeah, they're tuned. Yeah, a lot of them are tuned. So, I reckon this song's a really nice change of pace, more than anything. After yes. uh, two songs that were, you know, 
fairly long, dragged on a little bit. This song drags on a little bit itself, but yeah. it sort of gets away with it, in my opinion, because it sort of tells more of a story to some degree. I get that, yeah. And I, I think we should stress that longer songs aren't worse songs. Longer no. songs are just longer songs. So L- this is long a longer... Long songs, you know, need that more vi- bit more variation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, but even... They need to be easy to listen to. Mm. Um, something like Stairway to Heaven, I think, is a really good example of, of, a, of a long song. It's really easy to listen to because you've got that, that bit of the start, which is similar to this, really, you know, atmospheric and slow and nice, and then it's a gradual build, which is kind of, kind of agreeing with what you're saying. It needs to be some kind of variation. Um, so, yeah, this is nice, and it's also nice in the kind of context of the album, as you said, as well, yeah. not to uh, sound like a broken record, but yeah. it is. it plays a big role, I think, in the, in the feel of the entire record. Yeah, it's sort of... Uh goes back to that theme of escapism as well yeah. going back to safe haven going back to that place yeah, yeah. And i think kind of on a, on a deeper level he acknowledges that when everyone is trying to escape whatever there always is that safe place so i think it's a really clever use of that of that word and, mm. that, and the phrasing is is great as well yeah so. yeah very very good song don't have too much else to say about it good so song. big tick for that one yep big tick so next song is no words All right, so that was no words. I get, I get a, I get a real Abbey Road, let it be sort of vibe in this song. Yeah, I, I, I had two notes for this. I said, nice to hear strings. Yep. And then not much there apart from that. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a filler. Um, personally, probably out of every song on this album, this song's probably the most uh, in the, in that that fits into that category. I feel yeah, I feel like it's a bit of an unnecessary ingredient. Right, so it's like a beef olive, for example. Right, what, I just found out. Just found out tonight. I'm going to be having beef olive for dinner. What the hell's a beef olive? A, a beef olive. It's a so essentially you've got something like caramelized onions in the middle, and then you've got beef mince over the top, and then through that is wrapped with bacon, and you put a skewer through it and put it in the oven. It's beautiful. Sounds nice. But what it doesn't need, it doesn't need peach, does it? You don't need to put peach over the top because that'll be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. So and this is what that song is. That's exactly right. So it's the a, album it's is, a beef olive wrapped in a peach. Yeah, and it just it doesn't quite work for me, you know? Okay. So it's just a bit of a personal anecdote of, of yeah. how I think about this. I made meatballs the other night. It's, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and put in little bits of uh, cheese in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Be- beautiful, but right. you, don't, you don't need a peach. You don't need to put right. peach in your, in your meatballs. No. You know, so that's, the, that's the moral of the story. That's here. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Anyway, so this song, yeah, I don't like it much. Yeah, look, I, I like the intro and I'll play that now. that guitar parts repeated a couple times throughout the song uh there's some nice melodies but i'll be in that camp that it is a bit fillerish yeah it's not the best but it's okay it's all right i mean this probably can stay yeah i suppose yep okay so we'll <laughs> sorry beef olives in a peach that's that's interesting it's abstract thinking right yep all right this is helen wheels 
I think the run may have ended for the D's, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, nothing's happening. I think they're going to they're gonna lose. No, it. that's the thing. Yeah, GWS aren't kicking any goals, yeah. but neither are we. So it's looking at a 42-point loss yeah. at the moment with just yeah. a few minutes left to go. In Which the... one? Oh, we kicked one. There yeah. we go. Right on cue. No, nah, no, we're, we're back in now. It's all right. Yeah, here we go. We're back in. 35 points. See, it's not all bad. There you go. The youngster, Corey Maynard, kicked his first goal in footy. Very, very well done. Mate. Good on him. Good on him. See, when we record, more things happen. And exactly. it distracts us from doing the actual podcast. Anyway, Absolutely. Helen Wheels. Uh, this was the the additional track on the American... Yeah, the US version. US version. Right. And I can tell because it's so American. It is. This is one of the most American Amer- songs I've ever heard. Yeah. This is like Eagles. It's like Joe Walsh. It's like... It's very, very those Eagles, kind of things. that sort of vibe, yeah. I, and I don't particularly like it. Uh, no? It's a bit it's a bit too Yankee for me, to be honest. It's, yeah, uh, I it get It takes that. away from the kind of cool... You know, London club thing that this album's got going on. Um, I don't think it's particularly interesting. Uh, I think it's fun. It's fun, sure. But I don't think it's, yeah, particularly. Uh, well, it not. starts with that great, great guitar intro, which, yes, as you said, is, is very American. Yes. So I'll play that now. You know, it never actually occurred to me that this song had an American sound to it mm. until you brought it up, but it really does now that I think of it. Yeah, it reminds not, me not of... that I think that detracts from the album. Right. Well, it sounds American like people will look American. Have you ever, ever seen anyone who says they look American? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. You look at Jennifer Aniston, like, yeah, she's born in America, 100%. The same way, Quinn Tarantino is another good example, but it's the same way that this yeah it just sounds american and that's interesting that you know what sounds australian you know um but again, yeah what looks australian yeah but it's it's because of i think the overriding power that america has over pop culture we mm. we know that and this is i just don't think it really fits in with what uh pmac is trying to trying P-Mac. to do yeah well we're all pretty tight we're pretty close so okay P-Mac uh yeah look okay it's it's okay it's Probably one to leave on the album when we get to that sort of stage. Have you had a bit of a think about that so far? What, uh, yeah. what you'd want to take out or move around? Bit. I'm not sure if we're going to completely like it. We'll see how we go. All right. Well, we're in the final stages of the album now, so this is Picasso's last words. Drink to me, drink to my health. You know I can't drink anymore. Drink to me. All right, so Picasso's last words. It's weird, man. Weird. It's so choppy. It's yeah. It just cuts and it's long and it's it's never going to end. It's crazy. Fun fact, Picasso was born on my birthday. Is that right? 25th of October. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? That is a good fact. As is uh, Chad Smith from Real Chili Peppers. Wow. As is Katy Perry. Quite the eclectic mix yeah. of uh, entertainers there. Yeah. <laughs> so... What's cool about this song is Picasso's last words were, in fact, drink to me, drink to my health, which is a nice little touch. I think the start of this song is incredibly promising. Mm. Uh, It's this simple acoustic guitar, Paul singing. It really reminds me of a a Beatles song. Fixing a Hole? Could be. I think it's Fixing a Hole. Uh, Don't know. 
No, don't don't think so. Okay. Don't think so. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll just play this little intro section now because I really like it. Following that is quite an interesting mix of different sections, which, as you said, sounds a bit choppy and weird. Just, un it's, yeah. Yeah, we could have actually played this song as the, as the, uh, kind of, before, you know, what do you call that? That little uh, song montage. At yeah, the we could have just played this song in full. And yeah, because what's interesting about <laughs> this song is that there's a couple of reprises. Yeah. So, first off, you've got a reprise of Jet, mm. which I'll play now. Totally different vibe to the other one, but it's there, mm. uh, and th and that sort of reaffirms the theme of the album, or just that you know underlying concept yeah. to some extent. And then you've got a reprise of Mrs. Vanderbilt, which doesn't really fit, <laughs> no, but, but but it's there, and I'll play that now. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to fit. I don't think it's... He deliberately made it choppy and... Yeah, I reckon. Well, bear in mind, Picasso, the whole weeping woman thing is yeah. very abstract and it is. different shapes and all that, that, you know, could be described as very choppy in itself. So oh, maybe that's what he was trying to do. Oh, amazing. There, there you go. go. We have cracked it wide oh, open man. here. <laughs> Musicologist. Yep, there you go. So I think... There's potential in this song. There's so much potential in this song, but it just doesn't quite get there. The first minute is fantastic, mm -hmm. but from there, it's just this mixed match of. Do you reckon they just ran out of ideas for the song? And like, that's just. No, I, I, I don't around. even think so. Okay. I think there's another meaning to all of this in regards to the overall concept of the album of escapism, but I can't quite pick it out unless drinking is, you know, a form of escapism. Well, or as is death. That's true. And that's the other thing. At the end of the song, when they repeat that chorus, drink to me, drink to my health, they all sound that little bit more intoxicated. Yeah. Which is a nice touch. Which is nice, yeah. yeah. And as you mentioned, uh, Ginger Baker was recorded at his studio. Yep. Yep. This is the, I think this is the Tin Can song, not the other song. Ah. This is the Tin Can one, yeah. I think he might be singing in the background there as well. Wouldn't surprise me because it's very like gang backing vocal. Yeah. Sort it of. might be buried in the mix or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, nice little cameo for, uh, Bakes, G Bakes. There it is. Oh, and the other thing we have to mention, of course, it's just rang uh, full time Melbourne GWS. Thirty five point win to the Giants. Could have been a lot worse, mate. Could have been a lot worse. We were trailing by about fifty two at one point, yeah. so could be worse. But you know, live to fight another day. Next week's whole new adventure. That's it. North North and Collingwood tonight. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Great, be game the round, mate. Game the round. All right, final song coming up. This is 
Down my guitar, please. Oh, sure, yeah, we're still recording, aren't we? Yeah. We sound a bit of a... Bit of a jam. I'm not, sure, not sure if that'll come up through the speakers, feel, but... Yeah. It was very good what I just played. I, I bet it was. Very, very good. Yeah, everyone can take his uh, Take my word for it. It was amazing. Take his word for it. It's amazing. Uh, 1985. How yeah. Do you, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, it's a week closer. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we, especially with the kind of uh, level of, of musicianship we've, we've heard... Mm. Uh, we'd close it, but I don't know if what really would close it. Yeah, yeah. So Jet would be kind of a cool closer, but not sure. You can't really touch that, can you? Well, we we might leave that as is, but uh, we've uh, talked about the the revised track list, and we've taken a couple of songs off. But first, yeah, nineteen hundred eighty five. It's I don't mind it. It's 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 got a nice little piano leak. Yeah, that's uh, intertwined with a guitar, which I'll play now. Get a real Lady Madonna sort of. Is that just uh, because of the kind of ragtime style? Yeah, piano? that sort of style of playing the piano really reminds me of yeah. Lady Madonna. Well, he didn't he play piano on Lady Madonna. As well, well, yeah, he did. Oh, that's amazing yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of the song, Paul sort of sings in like a American accent. In hey, a way. He sounds. I mean, well, the, but the Beatles always sang in American accents, but I feel like here he's really going for a southern sort of tone in his voice. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I always find that really strange, singing different accents. Um, that's why I love listening to Arctic Monkeys, because they got that really thick English accent that comes through. See, I'm not a huge fan of that sort of style. So I love that. Because all, all we hear is just that same the same pronunciation. I think Passenger is another really good example of, this, of that voice coming through, which is really what, you, what I think is the voice of the people when they sing in their bedroom. That's probably how they actually sing. Um Miss Higgins is really good as well. So I, I I find it disingenuous when it's like they put on an accent. Um, you know, I think we've, the really good storytellers and songwriters are the ones that can be themselves completely. So I I'm turned off by by that anyway. Interesting. Um, but as far as the song goes, it's it's a yeah. All right, yeah, so good. Campbell, we have done the album as per usual. We have gone through every track, discussed every. Guitar lick, vocal melody. Really uh, what, what was Ginger Baker playing? A tin can. It tin was gravel can. in it. We talked about every tin can that appears on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Time has come to restructure this puppy. Yeah, look, I think it's pretty minimal what we're going to do. Uh, I opted uh, for the removal of Bluebird. Which we've done. So Fly Away Bluebird. Yeah, yeah. I, I decided to take it. Like, I like the song. I yeah. like the song a lot more than you, but I don't know if it adds a lot yeah. in regards to the album. The other one we've taken out is No Words, yeah. uh, which, again, is fine, but doesn't add too much. Yeah. I think there could be two better songs waiting in the wings that could have taken yeah. the place of these songs, that, and, then and the album would be a, a lot better. And then we're moving... 
Yeah, so where Bluebird was at number three, we've put a Mamunia. Yep. So it goes Band, Jet, Mamunia. How, how do you say that again? Mamunia. Mamunia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Vanderbilt, Let Me Roll It, Helen Wheels, Picasso, and 1985 as yeah. a closer. It's fine. That's all right. I, I almost think that Picasso could have been a better closer. Yeah, because it's a bit weird, yeah. yeah. And it's and, you and know, it, symbolizing it, 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 death. and that, That's true. And it reprises everything or a lot of things that we've heard so far. So maybe that could have been a better closer yeah, as maybe. opposed to 1985, which I'm not really sure how that fits into the whole scheme of things. We're going to go and see Paul McCartney. Just yell it out to him. <laughs> say, Paul. <I laughs> Paul, what, why, why didn't you close with yeah, Picasso? I reckon that's kind of cool, mate. What do you reckon? And see what he says. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's good. That's good. That was from Liverpool. 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 Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get way off track. But yeah, no, yeah. good yeah. album. Yeah, Finish is a bit weird. Um, it starts really well. Yeah, the first half, really strong. It is great, Especially yeah. with the revised thing we've got here. So, Band on the Run, Jet, Mamunia, Jet, uh, Mrs. Vanderbilt, Let Me Roll It. Great. Mm. Great. Five great tracks there. And then, yeah, the final three, which uh, are Helen Wheels, Picasso, and 1985. See, I'm not huge we- on Helen Wheels either, but I'll keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't on the original version of the album. It was added for the US, so... Yeah, so a bit of an extra treat can, for them you, having to wait an extra two days. You can you can take it out at home if you don't like it. <laughs> if you if you don't agree, let's just listen to it without it. It's, yep. You just gonna see how that actually make it uh, kind of make it work, you know? Mm. That album, but yeah. Yeah. So you got a favorite track for me? Uh, I would say "Band on the Run." Yeah. Just because I'm, it's interests me. Yeah, I'd say that too. I was also quite partial to let me roll it as oh, I let me mentioned roll as during well. the during the uh show i really like mamunia as well yeah that was a really they're really probably my top three as well so yep. we, we we it's interesting this album we, we agree on on almost everything so yep there we go yeah, so there we go another podcast wrapped up thank you very much to everyone who sent in their suggestions for the track by track raffle mm-hmm. we'll do one uh another one soon maybe not next month because we've got a theme month coming we up do. Next month. we do so We'll give you a little more info. We might be able to squeeze one in before that month, though. Maybe. Maybe. Depends Depends how much demand there is. Yeah, true. If If, if you want us to do another raffle, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Write them in and we'll see what we can do. Otherwise, we'll go back to business as usual. Business as usual. So next week, I think we'll be selecting an album hand in hand. We'll both put our... Uh, music minds together and picking an album that we think would be fun to talk about and that we both enjoy hmm. or maybe not enjoy we haven't actually done an album that we really really don't like yet true so maybe that could be a opportunity there perhaps so again uh it, if you have a spare two minutes rate and review on itunes do it mean a lot to us do it. fantastic and I think that just about wraps it up. Thank you to the uh, group Anonymous. Thank you very much, Chef, for your just stopping, what did I say, geoterrorism and all yep. that kind of stuff. And yep. Internet political hacking and... Political corruption. Yep. And thanks for taking they're, the time they're, out of they're you there. doing a yeah, good job, so keep up the good work there. <laughs> Don't shut us down. Don't shut us down. Yeah. I feel, I feel like if we didn't choose their album next day, Facebook page gone, our feed yeah. gone, <laughs> iTunes, gone. all... all uh, aspects of our internet presence gone yeah, so, so maybe a good uh thing that we picked out their album today yeah. so look thank you again for listening we'll be back sometime next week for, with another new podcast it'll be number 20 number next 20 time. next week so 
small milestones. Mm, that's it. So until then, uh, I'm Jack. I'm Campbell. And this has been Track by Track with Jack and Campbell. Bang. Oh, how, smooth, it. how smooth was that? Alrighty, well, that's it, mate. Yeah, we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Go Roos. <laughs>